0: what's shaking everybody you're listening to a special bonus episode of improv tabletop the tabletop rpg actual play show where we're doing a lot of things right now so i don't have an introduction written out for this one because things are changing but in a good way Anyway, hi, I'm Ned Wilcock, (laughs) your host and GM, and today I'm joined by
1: Caleb Anderton, and it is just me.
0: We have a nice one-on-one, just little interview that we're going to do here today, because we want you to get to know some of the cast members of this podcast. Uh, I've got a lot of really awesome friends who do a lot and give up a lot of their time and energy for this podcast, and I want you to be able to love them the way that I love them. So we're going to just interview Caleb, talk a little bit about his life, his vocations, his ambitions, etc. Anyway, Caleb, how's it going?
1: It is going pretty well. Thanks for having me, Ned. This is a little weird not having anybody else here in the podcasting room with us. Well, let me tell you,
0: when I have to edit this, it's going to be nice to only have two tracks instead of four.
1: I believe it.
0: (laughs) Well, let's start off with just some little icebreakers that aren't maybe necessarily podcast related, but just some Caleb Anderton get to know you kind of things. Sure, yeah. Uh, first of all, anybody who's listened to our Balanced Breakfast Brigade campaign knows that I am a sucker for breakfast cereal, <laughs> so Caleb, what is your favorite breakfast
1: cereal? so i need to look it up because i i don't even think they make it anymore but like right around the time when i first got married they had like these protein cheerios that had like it was a little bit of a honey bunches of oats thing going on they had like almonds and little clusters of oats in there but they were also had like a ton of protein and holy cow they were amazing i have never found a cereal as good since and i've never found them since i am
0: looking them up right now and those do look pretty great uh cheerios oat crunch might scratch a similar itch probably Probably not exactly the same one, but give that a try.
1: Okay, I like my protein though. Protein's important.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, Let's see, next question. Who's your favorite Winnie the Pooh
1: character? Oh man, I think anybody who has listened to The Illiterates, one of our fate campaigns knows that that's gotta be Tigger. It's always been Tigger for me and yeah, Tigger's just great.
0: It's kind of interesting. Uh, These have been kind of icebreaker questions for me for over a decade now and I just now realized that we've done campaigns about both of these things and you've been in both of them.
1: (laughs) Oh man, that's... That's great. This is, guys, if you haven't listened to our Fate campaigns yet, go listen to The Illiterates. If you want to hear some Tigger action, Tigger is the entire reason that I really wanted to become a voice actor in the first place. That's a big part of my childhood. Good stuff. And then, yeah, breakfast cereal.
0: Yeah, I guess that ties pretty well into our next question of what is your dream job or vocation? What do you want to wake up in the morning and do every day?
1: I mean, a lot of it's this, to be honest, this podcast. Um, I have had had many 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 jobs over the course of my lifetime and The one that I am still gunning for, and very slowly turning into a full-time vocation, is voice acting. I've done theater for a very long time, ever since I was really small. But growing up and even in high school and stuff like that, I I never really saw it as a viable career, Um, mostly because of what people around me said, like, oh man, you'll never make a living out of that, you gotta just keep it as a hobby. But then, um, shortly before I went to college, I realized that if I didn't pursue theater, more directly as a career i would regret it for the rest of my life and here i am with a degree in theater performance and with some theater teaching jobs under my belt but uh voice acting that's the short answer and i'm so grateful that you made this podcast ned because that helps out a lot and scratches that itch as i continue to work a day job and build up my audiobooks and other voice acting stuff on the side
0: hey no problem, bob uh, could you expound for us a little bit on your history with acting and perhaps with improv specifically?
1: Yeah. Like I said, I got into theater at a pretty young age. I was homeschooled actually up until like seventh grade and we had a big old homeschool group. It was a very big one that we met with once a week. And it was basically a day of public school with a bunch of homeschool kids and that's where I got into theater. And yeah, I just continued with it. And then when I joined public school, I was in theater the entire time. And uh, like I said, always saw it as a hobby, then started pursuing it more intently in college. And after I'd been at college for about two years is when I discovered Comic Frenzy, where I met a lot of the wonderful people on this podcast, um, including Ned, actually. We we had kind of met around campus before, but that's where we really started to become friends. Comic Frenzy was the local improv troupe that was run by one of the fantastic professors there, Trevor Hill. Shout out to Trevor Hill. I hope you're listening to this. We love you. You
0: better be listening to this, Trevor, so you can hear how much we love you.
1: (laughs) It's true. And And man, I had never done much improv until then, but I had come to see Comic Frenzy shows and absolutely loved them. I was intrigued that the people I was watching on stage could come up with meaningful relationships and compelling stories with nothing in front of them, with no script, with nothing pre-planned. I was just amazed that I could feel genuinely moved, whether to tears or to laughter, by what was going on in front of me. And I wanted to be a part of that and got in the same semester as Ned and we were in that group. Let's see, I was in that group for a little over three years, and Ned was there for most of that time. He graduated a little sooner than I did. I was a slowpoke. <laughs> but improv is an interesting beast, and I say beast in a very good way. There's just so much to constantly be working on. I feel like nobody ever gets to the peak pinnacle of being good at improv. You can always improve, but the cool thing is, I feel like improv improves every aspect of your acting, no matter what you're doing, because if If you can get used to building a character and wants and relationships and needs and all of the fun things that make a compelling story out of nothing, then how much better are you going to be at reading between the lines of a real script or something like that? Anyway, that's a long answer, but that's how improv started. And yeah, as far as theater, did a ton of theater and straight plays and stuff like that in college. I did one musical as well, I believe. Uh, Since then, I have directed some local children's theater. Christian Youth Theater in Seattle. I directed for them for a while. I did uh, the musical version of Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Oh, nice. Which was a lot of fun. Got to use a ton of improv exercises with those kids and stuff too. And I think the biggest reason that uh, I felt like I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't pursue theater was I just can't stay away from it, man. It is... For me, it's kind of a lot of what makes life bearable and fun, and, man, stories are just so cool, and I'm just happy to tell stories that people can relate to, and that I can relate to, and provide a break from a lot of the crazy of this world.
0: Yeah. And I don't know what maybe some of your favorite roles that you've played are, but I think my favorite role that I've seen you play is Sir Toby Belch from Twelfth Night. (laughs) Yes. That was a phenomenal performance that you did.
1: That is up there in the top five, probably. I love Shakespeare. Getting to play anything in Shakespeare is incredible. But uh, yeah, boy, Toby Belch, what a character.
0: Let's move on to the other part of our podcast name. Let's go over to geekery and RPGs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's some of your history on that side of things?
1: So I've always been a nerd, you know, grew up watching Star Wars and Stargate and reading A Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and The Wheel of Time, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, all of it. I just kind of drank it all in from a young age. But I never had the opportunity to uh, learn about D&D or about tabletop. Stop role-playing games or anything like that until college. And once again, it was actually Ned. You came up to me and you said, "Hey, uh, I got a group of friends and we're doing this thing. Would you maybe want to try?" And I kind of thought in my head, I was like, "Man, I'm, I'm a nerd, but I'm not that much of a nerd. Like, mm-hmm. I don't sit around with my pencil and paper and roll dice and stuff like that." And but I went, and seriously, after one session, I was absolutely hooked. I'm like, "This is, this is theater. This is like fun." <laughs> (laughs) nerdy theater where you roll dice so that you're actually a part of it and I I was absolutely hooked and my wife was texting me like you said you were going for a game night but you've been there for four hours where are you are you okay like (laughs) and I was like no it's I promise we'll be we'll be done soon and uh, anyway (laughs) I had no idea what I was getting into. She didn't either, but uh, it has been a long and happy time ever since.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of evidence of the power of these games to draw you in that you were hooked after the first session in which you went completely unconscious and nobody else in the party was a healer. So we had to (laughs) wait like three hours for your character to wake back up with one hit point.
1: Oh man, that was so good though. Like, oh, it was beautiful. (laughs) I remember it so well.
0: Mm Mm-hmm and moving on to a more specific brand of geekery Uh, we have just barely started our avatar campaign What's a bit of your history with Avatar? Because when I approached the group and said, who here is most excited about doing an Avatar campaign, you were one of the ones who raised your hand the highest. So <laughs> what's some of your history with Avatar?
1: So actually, once again, I didn't grow up watching Avatar. I discovered that fairly late. Several years ago, my sister-in-law, while we were my wife and I and the kids were staying over at her place for a night, she was like, hey, I gotta show you this show. And we watched like six or seven episodes just all in a row that night and I was like this is amazing this is super good and then they like I feel like it jumps around between streaming services and we always seem to have the streaming service that it was not on at the time and then we'd switch or something and it wouldn't be there and so finally last year I was like you know what it's time and my wife and I sat down and watched Avatar all the way through from the beginning and holy cow I mean. just talk about an amazing animated show. And I feel like it's a show that just happens to be animated. It's a good show that just happens to be animated, and that's what, mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like everybody who's an Avatar fan realizes, sure, it seems marketed as a kid's show or whatever. It's so much more than just a kid's show. It's got such great characters and such good character development. The character arcs are beautiful. It's got complicated people in complicated situations, and it's just, once again, it's just good theater. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was uh, just entirely on its own I was like this is super good holy cow okay and I'm just gonna go off on a little tangent Uncle Iroh I feel like is one of the best characters ever written of all time mm-hmm. like I need more Uncle Iroh in my life
0: you will find no <laughs> dissenting opinions here <laughs>
1: yes yes And so yeah, that was actually, we'd already been doing improv tabletop for a while, and that was when the rumors started rumbling about the Kickstarter coming up from Magpie Games. Ned started throwing around, hey guys, who would want to uh, test out this avatar system when they come out with the quick start? And I was very excited about that. And here we are.
0: Here we are indeed. See, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. If you, Caleb Anderton, the human, were a bender, what kind do you think you would be?
1: I have thought about this a lot, and I I don't know. I, I don't know if I fit into any of, like, the stereotypical boxes of benders, but if I had to choose one that I wanted, I'd probably be a firebender. Mm. I don't know if I fit a lot of the typical firebender tropes, but uh, I think part of that is the character Amar really helped me. I, I don't know. I've just taken on firebender and kind of have felt at home there, interestingly enough.
0: Nice. And speaking of Amar, uh, I might know some of the answers to this next question, but to help us kind of connect the actor with the characters, uh, especially when you're doing improv, you tend to see little facets of the performer coming out in the character. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just interested, who are like your top three characters that you've played on the podcast so far? And what do you enjoy about them?
1: Oh man, there's so many. And (laughs) I've enjoyed every single campaign that we've done in our Fate campaign and all of our Avatar one-shots. Um, and going way back to the third Fate campaign we ever did, though, was the Tension Builders, and we were all LEGO people, and I played the wise old Master Builder, Master Brickathon. And that whole campaign has a very special place in my heart. I feel like that's where we kind of started to hit our stride as a podcast. That one in general just really came together for me. I loved it. And that was a really fun character for me to play. I, I used to have a great memory, guys. Um, I really, really did. But uh, <laughs> three children and, and like seven years of major sleep deprivation have totally changed that. And uh, <laughs> so I relate to Rickathon in a lot of ways with his his memory loss and his uh what's the word i'm looking for the uh the senility yeah the senility that's a good one and legos are also a huge part of my childhood and i don't know that campaign and that character has a very special place in my heart um, as far as number two, I'm gonna have to jump forward to Tigger because, like I said, Tigger, that's been a full on career goal of mine. I don't know what's gonna happen because Winnie the Pooh just fell into the public domain. I don't know what that means for Disney. Um, Tigger himself is not yet in the public domain yet. He's still got a couple years because he wasn't introduced right away at the same time as Pooh. So I don't know what that's gonna mean for Disney, but it's been my career goal for a very long time to take over for Jim Cummings as the voice of Tigger for Disney. We'll see if that can still happen. But in any case, either way, I got to play Tigger on a podcast. And it was pretty great. It was just a dream come true for me. And finally, to be honest, I mentioned this a little bit during our session zero, but uh, third one would have to be Amar Ukami for this Avatar series, because I tried to create a different character for that campaign and couldn't do it because I had just fallen in love with Amar and his energy and Fifi and everything fun about all of that. So he's definitely my third favorite, I'd say, out of all of them. And that's, it's hard to pick just three, but uh, I'd say those are the three where I'm at right now.
0: Right on. And if you've maybe discovered us from our avatar campaigns and haven't listened to a fake campaign yet i think the tension builders is a great place to start uh like caleb said that's where we really started to hit our stride the Illiterates is also really fun, but that on the level of hinged to unhinged, The Illiterates gets pretty unhinged. So if you're not like familiar with improv and how off-the-wall things can get, maybe hold off on that one for a little bit. But if you if you just want some craziness and if you want to hear Caleb do an awesome Tigger impression, that's a pretty good one as well.
1: Well, you know, I mean, Tigger's always been my favorite person in the
0: whole hundred acre woods. Yeah, and if that taste isn't enough to get you to want to listen to the rest of it, I don't know what is. <laughs> Now, to leave off uh, as we conclude this episode here, do you have any advice for people who want to get into acting and maybe into improv specifically?
1: First of all, I would say if you're watching theater, if you're watching improv and you are enamored by it like I still am and feel like, man, I want to get into that, don't be intimidated by it. You see these people up on stage and you're like, I could never do what they are doing. Um, Especially when it comes to improv, it's easy to feel that way. Don't feel that way because we are all just making it up. And it's it's like improv itself. It's like building a brick wall. You lay one brick, and then your scene partner comes along and lays a little bit of concrete on top of that, and then you lay another brick, and you just keep building. That's how it is while you are learning the ropes of improv, is just little by little. Everybody starts somewhere, but the cool thing is, a lot of the time, due to the nature of improv, when the audience is watching, it's hard to kind of call out the newbie, you know? It's not like, oh, well, that person's only mastered the first two bricks of improv. (laughs) They have so far to go it's Everybody has their own spin and their own flavor that they bring to it, and that's what's so fun about it. You're up there, and what you think is your weird brain making weird choices while you're up on stage seems like the most brilliant decision to people in the audience. And it's really fun. Don't be intimidated by theater, by improv. Just do it. Find a group. If you can't find a local group, make your own. And even if that's over Discord or Zoom or way remotely in these crazy times we live in, get a group of friends together, start making up some scenes, read Truth in Comedy, fantastic book, mm-hmm. uh, great place to start. Just get out there and do it, and I think you will be pleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i not going to deal in absolutes here because I'm not a Sith, but I feel <laughs> like pretty much every improviser is going to experience a moment where they say something that they think is going to get a laugh, and the audience is silent, and they say something not expecting at all that it's going to get a laugh, and the audience is going to bust a gut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that is so much proof that people who are watching these stories are going to connect with something about you as an individual. There is something about your unique identity that people are going to love. And if you don't take that plunge and get into it with you know, a little bit of confidence, uh, maybe a little bit of fear along the way, but yeah, just take that opportunity, take that plunge, and you're gonna love it.
1: There we go. There's Ned with the eloquence that I can never muster. <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway, I'm gonna deflect from that. Uh, do you have any advice for people who want to get into tabletop gaming?
1: Don't be afraid to be that nerdy. I, <laughs> I was apprehensive. I was like, I'm nerdy, but I'm not that nerdy. Just try it. It's actually a lot less nerdy than you might think, or at least you will feel a lot less nerdy doing it if you just embrace it. Because it's not actually about the dice, It's not actually about all the math involved, all the stupid amounts of math for a role-playing game, Uh, you know, in some cases, or if it's fate, you know, all you gotta deal with is plus four or minus four and you're good, but don't be afraid of it. Try it out. It's really about creating compelling stories. It's about, it's therapeutic, really. I mean, therapy is expensive. D&D is free or other (laughs) (laughs) tabletop role-playing games. Man, you'd be surprised how good it feels to work through problems and issues of a character that you are playing, even if they don't even relate to the problems and issues in your own life somehow it genuinely helps. And I mean, there are lots of online resources nowadays where you can find groups and join, Um, make your own, even if you don't have experience. If you don't want to jump into something as rule heavy as D&D, we've shown that you can have an amazing time with the Fate system that is pretty light on the rules. And I feel like offers a very similar experience. There's the Avatar system out there, which is extremely fun. There's just a lot of great opportunities. So go out there, find a group, get a group of friends together, try it on your own, do what you got to do, but don't be afraid of it. It is a great time and I believe a very fun and healthy thing to do.
0: Yeah, and uh, a bit of commonality that I noticed in your advice for both of those previous two questions, this idea of not being afraid to do scary things. Uh, You know, bravery isn't necessarily not being afraid, it's doing difficult things even though you're afraid. There you go. And I'm just going to praise my friend Caleb here and say he is an incredibly brave individual. He's done a lot of crazy stuff in the past few years, trying to (laughs) move his life in the direction that feels good for him and his family. And you know, I'm very lucky to know Caleb, and all of you are very lucky to know Caleb a little bit better now as well.
1: Oh, shucks. Thank you, Ned.
0: No prob. Any other parting comments that you want to share with all of our friends out there in podcast world?
1: Man, all of you guys listening, thank you so much. Like, really, really thank you so much. This is, it's just mind boggling to me that people that I may have met or even people that I haven't met would want to listen to a little bit more about me because of this awesome project that Ned has put together. And we couldn't have done anything close to what we have done without you guys. So thank you so much for listening to that. If you do like what you're listening to and what you're hearing, share it with a friend, maybe, you know, repost one of our Instagram stories or put a link up on your Facebook page or whatever. Try to, we want to reach more people. And, uh, We would love to have your guys help in doing that as well. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys.
0: Amen. Very well said. And you know, if you do want to reach out to us or find the stuff that we're putting up on social media, we're on a bunch of different platforms at Improv Tabletop, so you can get in touch with us there. You can find all the cool stuff that we're putting up there. Uh, we recently put up an illustration that Caleb had commissioned of Amar by our friend Sammy. It's so good. And it's wonderful and lovely. Go check that out. It's so good. And you know, if you want more of what you're hearing right now, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review we would be as happy as caleb was to be able to play tigger in a podcast if you go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice uh just gonna do a quick round of plugs now we've got uh like we've mentioned during this episode we've got our fake campaigns that we run we've got our avatar campaign that is ongoing both of those are so much fun and i love doing them both Go give those a listen. We've also got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5e actual play, which features myself as one of the players, Thomas, another one of our players as the dungeon master, and Caleb and Heather recently got to join us for a special bonus arc. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to do it for us here. Thanks for joining us to learn a bit more about this wonderful man, Caleb Anderton. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by...
1: Caleb Anderton, thanks so much for listening, folks.
0: Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop.